You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Good morning. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Let's get started. Father, in Jesus' name, you are so good. We thank you for your word. It is sweet. Hallelujah. We love you so much, Lord, and we just thank you for this new day. Thank you for blessing us with a mind to seek you in the name of Jesus. We just come together and say you're awesome, you're glorious, you're holy, and you are mighty. We love you and we thank you for everything that you're doing for us. We thank you for everything that you will do for us. Father, we know that although it has yet to manifest in our natural realm, we know that it's already done, sealed in, confirmed in the realm of the spirit according to your eternal purpose for our lives. We thank you. We love you. You're so holy. We just ask God that you would enable us to just get in sync with you. Have your mind, think with your mind and to be in alignment and in agreement with what you want us to be doing and Father, help us to see what we're overlooking. Help us to hear, God, what we're not able to hear. Help us, God, to be free from distractions. Help us, God, to see what the issues are within us. Help us in the name of Jesus to work our salvation out with fear and trembling. We love you. We thank you. Father, I ask that you would just teach this lesson. Hallelujah. We thank you for your presence, Lord. I'm asking God that you would speak to your children. I'm asking God that you would prophesy to your children. I'm asking God that you would uplift your children. I'm asking Father in the name of Jesus that you would edify your children. Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Our God is great. Hallelujah. He's the great and dreadful God. He is the King of glory. He's the Lord strong and mighty. He not, but wait, because my tongue, I'm telling y'all, let me just, he's the Lord mighty in battle. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Hallelujah. Isn't it a blessing? to be saved isn't it a blessing to have the victory even if you are currently struggling you are still in a better position than every other happy sinner on this planet do you understand what i'm saying you know jesus hallelujah hallelujah and you have a right to the tree of life and oh my goodness what a blessing what a privilege what an honor hallelujah to be able to eat from that tree hallelujah to receive healing hallelujah we thank the lord for that we thank him we thank him we thank him hallelujah that we can freely eat from that tree and i pray that you all are um, receiving and accepting and embracing every single component of your salvation your salvation is beautiful it's awesome and it is so much broader than eternal life that of course is it you have eternal life with jesus christ but do you know that there are other things that your salvation entails so many beautiful gifts from the lord so many different blessings right he um when he ascended he gave gifts unto men we have this beautiful opportunity to fellowship with god um with this 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 open face we we get to see his glory we get to be filled with his glory and shine like lights in this world we've been translated already out of one kingdom um which is the kingdom of darkness into a different kingdom which is the kingdom of light the kingdom of heaven hallelujah there are so many as scripture says great and 
precious promises that we've received. And it's not just for later, you all, it is also for now. I want you to know that the kingdom of darkness is not necessarily just fighting to get you back. The kingdom of darkness is fighting so that you never become or come to the realization of who you are in Jesus Christ. That's what the kingdom of darkness does not want. The kingdom of darkness wants you to think that your relationship with the Lord and you being a Christian and all that stuff means that you're just going to constantly be going through spiritual warfare, constantly be in despair, constantly be fighting something. And um, what it's going to do is it's 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 uh, contrived to really keep you off focus, to keep you focused on what Satan is doing and not really able to see what God is doing. Because, you know, the enemy knows how to appeal to our feelings. That's what he does. Don't trust your feelings all the time because sometimes your feelings can lie to you. Now, your intuition is different from your carnal feelings, okay? Sometimes you may feel like punching someone in the face. That doesn't mean that that's right and something that you should do, okay? Sometimes you may feel like, you know, you should um, say something in response to the way someone has treated you or um, do something in a vengeful act to, um, you know, avenge your own self of the way you've been mistreated or used. Th those are your feelings. That's how you feel. Your intuition is something completely different when it's fully yielded to the Holy Spirit, of course, is leading you and guiding you by the spirit of the living God. I want us to realize that we are um, a part of a glorious, victorious kingdom. And yes, we do have to fight. But can y'all just, just lift your hands and give God a wave offering because you've already got the victory? You already know that the one who's fighting you already lost. You already know the one who's fighting you, you've been given authority. Before you were born, you had authority over him. That authority was already set for every person who would believe in Jesus Christ. We just have to know it. Hallelujah. And we have to believe it. And we thank God. Hallelujah. For knowledge. The Bible says his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he also says that when you reject it, he rejects you or because you've rejected it, he's rejected you. And hell is just enlarging herself. Can you imagine that because there are certain things that we refuse to receive, refuse to embrace, refuse to know about our God, that we can literally um, on the day of judgment be rejected by him. We have to listen to the word of God, believe the word of God, be led by the word, by the word of God and embrace it into our lives. Hallelujah. We don't want to be the fearful who are outside of the gates. We don't want to be the unbelieving who are outside of the gates. We want to be in the gates. Hallelujah. And, um, Let's just get into this because y'all, I can just go on and on, but I just want y'all to know the salvation is glorious. Embrace everything that the Lord is teaching you in every season. Don't push things away. We don't want to reject knowledge. I'm not trying to put y'all in hell or anything like that. I just repeated the scripture. That's all. But, um, don't reject knowledge. Okay. Um, receive knowledge, embrace knowledge because God has given it to you so that you can grow and move forward. And let me tell you something. Jesus said himself, if you seek, you will find. Okay. If you seek, you will find. If you're knocking, the door is going to be open to you. If you're asking, it's going to be given to you. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and doesn't upbraid. He upbraideth not. Okay. You just can't waver in what you've asked him to give you. So if you're asking, you're going to receive it. If you're seeking, you're going to find it. Hallelujah. 
So, and if you're knocking, the door is going to be open to you. So are you asking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Okay, we have to be hungry for knowledge. We have to be hungry for knowledge as it pertains to the word of God. Why? Because um, the, the, the Bible says that it's in Jesus that we live, move, and have our being. And the Bible also says that Jesus is the word made flesh. So we have to understand that within this word, we can find our identity. And when we reject aspects of it, we are rejecting aspects of God's perfect will for us. Okay, so. We want to be in agreement with this word. We want to know this word and we want to reject everything that speaks in opposition to the truth of God's word. Amen. Amen. So whatever does not align with the word of God, it is a lie. Do not believe it. Reject it and then receive the knowledge of God. And listen, sometimes it may be hard for you to receive it in light of what you've experienced or are currently experiencing. However, I want you to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and with every fiber of your being naturally and spiritually, believe it, recite the word, use it. It's your sword. It's your weapon. Hallelujah. And, um, apply that thing, apply it the best way you can. We're going to get into this. Um, there are some of you in the Lord that put this in my spirit that are concerned about timing. Okay, first of all, as we go into this, I want you to know that if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you live for him and he's your God, hallelujah, <laughs> you will be saved. The Bible says anyone or everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, hallelujah. And so we thank God for um, salvation. And so um, sometimes when we're saved, we're going through situations that make us feel like Jesus really isn't with us. Maybe we're not actually saved. Maybe something is wrong with us. Why are these things happening? Or why haven't these things happened for me yet? And as we're waiting for what we believe God has told us, we can become angry. We can become anxious. We can become worried. We can become discouraged. And we can really sometimes just want to give up, okay? I want to encourage you today and tell you not to give up. Hallelujah. Glory to the name. I feel the presence of God. Okay. Okay. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all, let's get into this lesson. Okay. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Psalm 31, the 31st Psalm, the fifth verse. Whoever you are listening to me, do not give up. Hallelujah. Things don't always happen when you want them to. And this is because you're not the only wise God. You're not the sovereign ruler, but you live yielded and in submission to him. So you have to trust that whatever is taking place in your life, God can and will fix it. And if you say, well, Tiffany, I've made some mistakes and this is why these things are happening to me. Listen to me from experience. I can tell you God can clean up all of your messes because he's cleaned up every single one of my messes. Isn't he good and isn't he faithful? Hallelujah. If you're wondering why hasn't my ministry started yet, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? When will things change for me? Just wait for it. Wait for it. It's going to come and it will not um, 
Terry, okay? It will come. God will do it. Your times are in his hands. Turn with me to Psalm 31, and we're going to read verse 15, and I'm probably reading the English Standard Version. Yes, I am. Um, I rather like that version right now in this season of my life. Okay, um, my times are in your hand. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I'm just going to tell you right now. I feel the presence of God so strongly. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that you shift the atmosphere of each and every person under the sound of my voice right now in the name of Jesus. I'm asking God that you would begin to flood wherever they are with your presence, with your kingdom, with your angels, with your glory in the name of Jesus. I loose peace into them right now in the name of Jesus. I loose joy. And I just hear this word relax. I just hear it. And I also hear the Lord saying that he is going to bring restoration. I'm hearing those things that you can't, you're not supposed to be anxious for anything. Literally God is saying, relax. He is bringing restoration. Whatever that situation is, whatever the area is in your life where you say, why isn't this happening? Why haven't I received my complete deliverance? Why haven't I stepped into this, um, you know, season or whatever it is, God is going to bring restoration. If you say my heart has been broken, um, these situations are not right. These issues are going on in this particular relationship. God will bring restoration. Hallelujah. Restoration in your family, restoration in your home, restoration in your finances. Hallelujah. Restoration in your love life. You know, God sees when you've been done wrong. He sees when you've been mistreated and you haven't been appreciated. God will bring restoration in your love life hallelujah for every one of my daughters that's crying out to me about your hair i will bring restoration to every strand every follicle i will touch your scalp in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I just, uh, I just see hair growing out of a woman's head. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. God will bring restoration to whatever it is. He's a good, good father. We know what Jesus says. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it really quickly in the gospel of Luke. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Literally, I turned right to it. Okay, it's Luke chapter 11. Let's go there. Let's see what Jesus says about what happens when we ask him for things. Remember, um, the scripture first mentioned, um, uh, what did I say? Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. What did I say? That when you ask um, God for wisdom, you can't doubt and you can't waver in what you've asked him for. So listen to this, what he says in uh, Luke, the 11th chapter. 
Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, do do y'all feel the presence of God? I yeah, you do. In the name of Jesus, you do. Luke eleven chapter nine. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth into him that knocketh it shall be opened now god is not a man that he should lie god is not lying to you he just told you something pivotal monumental to your prayer life to the way you seek him to your faithfulness to your commitment to your consistence with him i'm gonna read it again for you and i say unto you ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, he's a God who turns your mourning into dancing. Mm. My God. He's a faithful God. He turns things. Are you asking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Are you asking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Do you realize who you're asking? Do you realize who you're seeking? Do you realize whose door you're knocking on? If you do, don't doubt. Okay, and, and then he goes on to say this. You remember what I told you all? That when scripture says something since the word of God is forever settled in heaven, it becomes a spiritual law. That's just what it is. Hallelujah. That's just what it is. Why? Because God has established this thing in the eternal realm. Hallelujah. And then he's released it to us. Thank you, Jesus. So what does this mean? Surely, if you are asking, you will receive it. If you are seeking, you will find it. If you knock, it shall be opened unto you. Some of us are impatient. Let me tell you something. Have you ever gone to someone's house and knocked on their door? Don't you, don't you expect or anticipate there being a time of waiting before they actually open it? Or what about when you say, man, where is my keys? Where are my keys? I need to look for my keys. Do you expect to find those keys as soon as you set your heart to look for it? If you go into a store and you ask them for something, and they say, um, let me go find that for you. Do you expect them to pull it out of the air or do you expect there to be a period of time that you have to wait before you get it? Okay, so why is it that when we ask God for something, we expect it to drop out the sky five seconds after we say amen? Why is it that we can read two chapters in the Bible and think that we've sought God enough and start getting frustrated with him? You wait for Uber Eats longer than you want to wait for Jesus. 11 says, if a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts, Unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And then in another version, another account of this um, speaking that Jesus did, it says, um, you know, give good gifts to those who ask or something to that um, uh, nature. We have to know that if we're asking God for something that he's going to give it to us. 
Um, if you ask your parents to make you some eggs, okay, using this example from what Jesus said, if you're asking them to make you eggs, do you expect them to crack a raw egg and sit it on a plate and hand it to you? No, you expect them to beat that egg. You expect them to put a little seasoning salt in it or a little salt, pepper, whatever, however you season your eggs, some cheese. You expect them, if you want an omelet, you expect them to do whatever needs to be done for that. You don't expect it to happen immediately. What am I saying? I'm saying what you're asking for, what you're seeking for, what you're knocking for, what you're believing for, God is preparing it for you. He's going to give it to you. There are many of us who want to be married and I, do you want a good spouse? Do you want God to process the person? Do you want the person to be ready when you meet them? Or do you just want them unprocessed, unsubmitted, unyielded, not knowing how to pray yet, not knowing how to fast yet? Is that what you want? What do you want? Okay, then let God work things out. Come on, even Adam had to wait before he got Eve. Y'all just want stuff dropping out the sky. Your times are in his hands. Your times are in God's hands. Your times, your seasons are in the hands of God. Listen to what the psalmist says. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. What does that mean? I trust you and you're my God. It's very plain, very clear. If he's your God, if you have the right perspective of what that means, what does, what does it mean when someone is your God or something is your God? It's, who, it's what you yield to, it's what you submit to, it's what you worship, it's what you serve, it's what you adore, right? It's what you've centered your life upon. So when you look at Yahweh, Jehovah, you look at Jesus, I'm just saying it based upon the fact that this, was, um, this is a Psalm written in Hebrew, but you look at the Lord, okay? And you say, you are my God then what does that mean? You're saying, Jesus, I submit to you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I adore you. Jesus, I worship you. Come on, Jesus, I want to be like you. Jesus, you are holy. You are my God. So if you're my God, then how can I tell you what to do with my time? I can't tell you that. My time belongs to you because since you're my God, I yield to you. Since you are my God, I submit to you. You are my God. I trust in you. And you should read this Psalm. Hallelujah. He says, I've become like a broken vessel. I mean, from the beginning of this Psalm, the way that he speaks about his situations and the things that are going on in his life, he's saying, be gracious unto me. You know, um, he's saying, you have known the distress of my soul. You've seen my afflictions and I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love. And then he says, you know what? I trust you. You are my God. My times are in your hands. Hallelujah. And then he tells him, rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. That's all. That's it. I'm asking you. I've made my declaration. You are my God. I've made my decree. It's forever settled. It's established. What? I trust you. That's it. I'm not going to change it. My times are now in your hands. When you see fit in the right season, in the right time, rescue me from blank. Y'all fill that in. Whatever you need God to rescue you from, he is faithful to do it. 
And I want to tell y'all, the God we serve, he can move suddenly, but your suddenly comes after a season of waiting. You could be waiting 10 years for something. And then suddenly <laughs> God will do it. But within those 10 years, God is doing things in you to prepare you for what he's promised you, right? So we know that Ab Abram, Abraham, he wasn't ready for Isaac as long as he was still laid down with the Hagar, right? As long as he was still, you know, willing to produce Ishmael's, he wasn't ready for Isaac's. Is that, I mean, is that like fair? Did he have to mature? Did he have to grow in faith? Did he have to grow through experience? Absolutely. So that he could handle the promise the right way. Why? Because God knew that he would give him this ultimate test with this blessing. And Abraham had to grow to know who God was. And he had to have enough faith in him through the things that he's been through with him to know that if God is asking me to sacrifice my only son, I can do it. I can trust him because everything he said to me, he's going to do because I've known him through various seasons in my life where he's proved himself. Can we give him a hallelujah? Come on now. There are fragments that remain. Hallelujah. That should remind you. Jesus did so much for me before. What makes me think that he's going to stop now? Come on. We know the fragments that remain after the fish and the loaves were broken up. Can y'all, can we just like pause? Just pause. It's like thousands of people. They got a couple of fish, few pieces of bread. Jesus is looking at his disciples and he says, everybody needs to eat. Disciples come back snippy. Oh, so like, what you want? You want us to like go buy a bunch of food for everybody? Like that's what you want? Jesus seems to not even acknowledge the snippiness, okay? And he's just like, tell everybody to go sit down. Can you imagine Jesus with a loaf of bread in his hand and he lifts it up to heaven. He says, thank you, father. And he just starts breaking thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pieces of bread off this. Can y'all just envision that? What that, can you imagine Jesus just sitting there with like the most peaceful face ever and his disciples like, oops, we didn't have no business saying what we just said. Did we forget <laughs> that we've seen him raise the dead? Yes, I just rhymes. I do it all the time. Okay, so Jesus is still, he's breaking bread. He's breaking bread and he's just giving it. He gives, he, he breaks off so much bread, so many pieces of fish that there are literally 12 baskets remaining full of fish and bread. There are, and there are fragments of what God has done still remaining in your life, which should serve as a reminder that not only has God come through for you before, but when he does come through, it's in the most miraculous, extravagant and abundant way. I mean, like overflowing basket after basket after basket. And he can do that again. There are things that have happened into your happened in your life that you can literally look around. Literally, wherever you are, you can just look around and say, wow, these are some fragments remaining. Like God has certainly blessed me. God has certainly given me overflow in various areas. I'm able 
to live. I'm able to eat. I have clothes on my back. God is taking care of me. He's taking care of my family. He's helping me, right? There are things in your life that prove that are tangible evidence that God is faithful. So why is it that you are wavering? Don't waver. Don't waver. Don't waver. Keep believing Jesus and keep seeking him because literally he is amazing. Okay. Like he is so faithful. Turn with me to Psalm one, the the first Psalm. Come on. Remember I had y'all memorize this or let's say it. Let's say it like this. I had y'all rememorize it. Come on now. Scrimp and scramp. Come on. That's for us. Only, only we know about that. Okay. All right. Psalm one. And then we're going to, we're going to read verses one through four. Okay. Hallelujah. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. What? Okay, let me keep going. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. All right, so let's just unpack this a little bit. Let's unpack this. There is a way, this is what this scripture is letting us know. There is a way that godly people handle time, okay? If you're a blessed person, you're a godly person. There's a certain way that you're going to handle your time. Now, remember, time is the means which is used to get us from point A to point B. And in between point A and point B, we are um, planting. We are sowing tears. We are sowing time. We are sowing in prayers. Why? Because we want to reap when we get to point B. You don't want to get there and things are empty, right? So, um, Time in between in the, this transition phase, we are um, doing what needs to be done so that we can actually bear fruit. This is how we're using time, okay? The godly operates in a scriptural grace that causes time to work for us and not against us. So we say, you know what? Um, this is what God has promised me. This is what prophets had told me. This is what I saw in a dream. And I know that God can do this and that he will do this. He's not lying to me. This is what I'm going to do to prepare for that. This is how we use our time. Check this out. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And what happens? He becomes like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth, I, I need to calm down, his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This is one of the reasons why you need to wait, beloved. Because if you are not operating according to the perfect timing of God in your season, if you do things out of season, if you receive the prophetic words materialize out of season, if you receive that ministry out of season, it may not prosper and it may wither. So you need to 
wait for your season. Okay. Listen to this. What do you do while you're waiting? First of all, you have to be mindful of, um, who you're around, what you're ingesting, what you're a part of the types of relationships that you're having. We're talking about people who want to bear fruit, people who want to use time wisely. Okay. So you can say to yourself, because I have time, um, and goals are assigned to certain times. I want things to be punctually accomplished. So I will. And then you can follow what it says in verse one in verse two, what will you do? I will uh, have a change of company. When you change your company, you are literally changing your identity. He says, you know what? You're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. You're not standing in the way of sinners. You're not sitting in the seat of the scornful anymore. You've changed. You no longer do that. You can no longer identify with them. So in this season of transition, in this season of sowing, in this season of waiting, there are things that you should be doing. So this doesn't just mean breaking off relationships. When we choose to walk away from certain friendships, certain environments, God moves us from one location to another and whatever kind of changes happen, literally our identity changes. Okay. Our identity changes. I'm no longer Tiffany who hangs out with people who smoke weed. That doesn't, I, I can't identify with that anymore. That doesn't identify with me anymore. I don't look like that anymore. Why? Because there is a place that I want to go to and I can't get there if I'm still identifying with those old things, right? So there are things that need to be changed in our lives as we are getting from point A to point B, okay? I'm not Tiffany who um, is uh, afraid of demons anymore. I used to skip over the pages in the Bible, the scriptures in the Bible that spoke about demons. I just didn't like the talk of it. Even when I was in the world, I did not want to watch movies that uh, played around with demonic possession and, you know, whatever that was. I did not like that stuff. But come on, what's point B for me that I have to do deliverance? And so I had to um, learn certain things, experience certain things. And so that God could bring me into this season that I'm able to now, um, actually delight in tearing demons out the frame. Amen. Amen. Okay. But I couldn't just get there overnight. There was a seasonal process that took place and I had to do things. I had to change my identity. I had to change my mind. Listen, this person who's blessed, this godly person does not walk in the council of the ungodly. Now, when you receive counsel, not only does it give you instructions, but it also is something that penetrates and influences your mind. So when you change that, this is symbolic for us as what I'm doing with my time, as I'm waiting for my season to arise is I am changing my mind. I'm allowing my mind to be changed. What happens when, um, our mind is renewed. We are transformed, right? Because we are transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. So in time, as we're waiting for certain things to materialize, we are allowing our minds to change. The things that used to influence us and instruct us or appeal to us can no longer. Why? Because I'm different. 
God has released something over me and I'm no longer who I used to be. So in this time, as we're waiting for seasons to arise, what arrive, what we're doing is we are becoming the person that we need to be, to be able to handle that season, right? For a man who's been praying for a wife, it may take 10 years. It may take 20 years, but God is preparing him to be the man that can handle what he's asked for. Okay. You asked for a woman like this. You asked for a woman like this and a woman like this. So I'm going to get you from point A to point B. And in between that time, this is what you need to go through. This is how long it's going to take. Yes. Okay. And by the time you get her, whatever you do will prosper. Your leaves will not wither. Okay. And you will bring forth fruit in your seasons. We thank the Lord. So what else does it say? So you're, you're changing your company. You're changing your identity. You're changing the counsel that you receive. You're changing your influence. You're changing your mind. You're being um, transformed um, as all these things are taking place, right? Verse two, what does it say? But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night, day and night. So what's the next thing that we see that needs to happen as we're waiting for seasons to change and certain seasons to arrive, we are delighting in the word of God. Whoa, that's an assignment right there for some of us. Some of us have a difficult time really sitting down and I'm not being facetious. I don't want anybody to feel bad because sometimes life gets in the way, right? And sometimes it's difficult for us to fit scripture into our schedule. We have to train ourselves. Remember, um, you can't have the word, um, I'll, I'll put it like this. Discipline and disciple are basically the same thing. You cannot be a disciple without being disciplined. Okay. It's this, it's of the same word, um, of the same root, clearly disciple and discipline, right? Um, you have to be disciplined and sometimes you may be tired. Sometimes you might have to get up a little earlier, or sometimes you may have to go to sleep a little later, but I suggest that you learn to delight yourself in the word of God. Because how can you want God's promises? How can you want to see these seasons manifest if you have not learned to delight in the God who's bringing these seasons to pass for you? Amen. We want everything to be in its proper place because when we get our blessings and all those prophetic words are received, um, fulfilled, we don't want to put those above God. We don't want to raise those up as our God and idolize those things, do we? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We want to learn how to keep him first. We don't want it to be second nature. We want it to be first nature to say, yes, I'm going to read the word. Even if I'm sleepy, yes, I'm going to, you know, listen to a sermon when I'm cleaning the house sometime instead of putting on music. I'm going to learn to delight myself in the word of God. Okay. And what else do you do as you're waiting? And let, let me tell you, as you're changing your identity and you're getting rid of certain things, the word of God is where you'll find out who you are because it's how we regulate our behavior. It's how we regulate the way we speak. It's how we regulate the way we interact with individuals. Amen. And then it says, and in his law, doth he meditate day and night. Now, what I got from this by the Holy Spirit is when you're meditating on the word of God day and night. Of course, we understand, especially those of you who listen to Soak Scope, that it's um, muttering entangled in that. And, um, you know, you're pondering on the word of God. You're thinking on the word of God. Um, you're speaking the word of God. You're repeating the word of God. Right. However, you can't properly be muttering and um, pondering and thinking about it and all that stuff and not apply it. 
So this meditation day and night, if you're really thinking about God's word all day and all night, it should begin to conform your behavior to it, right? Because as a man thinks, so is he. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you're thinking consistently about the word of God, then what does that mean? You're going to become like what you've been thinking about. Glory to the name of the Lord. So this godly person, as they're waiting for their season to arrive and their season, um, and they won't bear fruit before this season comes, they are doing things. They are changing. They're being conformed to the image of God. Hallelujah. They're being changed. Hallelujah. By the word of God, they're being washed. By the word of God, they're being purged and transformed during this time. And it's very intentional. This person, what they're doing is intentional. They are intentionally not walking in the same council, not standing in the same way or not sitting in the same seat. It's intentional. It's not happenstance. They are intentionally making choices. You have to be intentional. You have to intentionally make choices, beloved. They are intentionally saying, I'm going to delight in the law of the Lord. Now you could sit down and say, you know what? I'm going to watch Netflix right now. I'm going to stay on YouTube for the next three hours looking at cat videos. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to delight myself in the law of God. I'm going to meditate on this word tonight. It's your choice. It's your will. Remember the human will is very powerful. Remember there are some people who don't even know that demons are real, but have overcome drug addiction and um, various types of issues in their life because they've, they had the willpower. They willed themselves to do it. They, they made that conscious choice. So you, you can do it. You can will within yourself to say, you know what? Every day um, at a certain time, I'm going to read scripture. If you've ever been faithful to a television show, when you say, listen, my show comes on every day at eight o'clock, the repeats and once a week at seven 30 and however your show comes on, if you could be faithful to that, then you can also be faithful to the word of God. So listen, listen, we're building. Okay. Y'all we're, we're building towards the next podcast episode. Hallelujah. But I pray that this encouraged you and gave you some understanding. Um, and you know what, before I end this, thank you, Holy spirit. I want to talk about the chaff, which the wind drives away. Okay. So this is what ungodly people become. Now, while you do the right things and you're making the right decisions and the right changes and you're trans being transformed by the word of God, you're delighting yourself in his word and you're um, meditating on it day and night. And you know that in my season, I'm going to bring forth fruit and it's not going to be too soon and it's not going to be too late. It says the ungodly are not. So those people who have chosen not to apply themselves to seek God, those people who have chosen not to change their identity and change their company and change their mind. Those people are not going to be like the children of God, the godly, right? It says that they are like the chaff. What is chaff? Chaff is literally like garbage or waste or litter or debris. It's literally the refuse, like the refuse, like after something is threshed, like, you know, the threshing floor where they're threshing out the wheat and all the seeds and all the, the husk and the, the hard outer casing that can't be digested by humans. They're um, threshing that out. And so they're separating the good from the bad. Well, the chaff is that. 
It's like the, the husk of corns and the casings of grains. It's given to animals. It's mixed in dirt. It's burnt. It's useless for us. And the Bible says this is how ungodly people are. These people who choose not to acknowledge God in their hearts or acknowledge God in their ways, they are like the chaff that is blown away by the wind. The refuse, the litter. You ever saw garbage blowing on a sidewalk? That's how the ungodly are, uh, basically. Okay, so I want you to apply the word of God to your circumstances, and I want you to start changing the way you're viewing time. And what we all need to say, you can repeat after me, thank you, Jesus, for getting me from point A to point B. Thank you, Jesus, for changing my life in the most perfect way, one day at a time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much that our times is, are in your hand. We thank you, hallelujah, that you are in control of our destiny. We thank you, hallelujah, that we are in between the prophetic word and the manifestation of it. And we thank you for everything that is happening to prepare us for it. We won't be impatient, children. Thank you for causing us to, to grow in the fruit of the spirit of, of long suffering. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. We will wait on you. God, you know what? You've waited on us. We delight in waiting on you, Jesus. You're holy. You're perfect. Everything that you do is good. And we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. You are our God. Our times are in your hands. And God, when you see fit, rescue us. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I saw that prayer with the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I'm so excited. I'm so ready to get into our next lesson, but we're going to get into our next lesson on Thursday, but we're going to, we're going to pick out like a couple of people, a couple of situations in scripture, um, where people had to wait and we're going to see God's sovereign hand behind it. Like we're going to see how timing played into the, the weight that we see um, in the lives of the children of God in scripture. And I just want to say to all of you that you all are absolutely amazing. You're all beautiful. You are all children of the most high God made holy by his blood. Hallelujah. And I just really believe the best for you in life. Hallelujah. And I pray that you also believe that too. And I want you to know that there's no good thing that God will withhold from those who walk uprightly before him. I want you to just go before the Lord and um, pour out your heart before him, surrender everything to him and begin to thank him that where you are, you won't always be. And God is just developing the most amazing testimony for you in your life for his glory. Amen. Can you imagine that God is blessing you for his glory? Hallelujah. Say, thank you, Jesus. Bless me. I will give you the glory. Hallelujah. And God will certainly bless you. I just, I want to just let you all know that um, you're doing a great job and stay strong. And for those of you who have stayed strong and who are strong in your faith, I say, God bless you um, through all the adversity that, you know, we experience. God bless you for still um, holding on to the Lord, holding on to his unchanging hand. Hallelujah. He's good. And his mercy endures forever and his truth unto all generations. You all be blessed in the name of our wonderful matchless Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.